Welcome back to So Dot 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 Talk to Me. <laughs> um, it is our what number episode is this? Fifty four. Wait, episode fifty four. Are you sure it's fifty four? Pretty sure. Did, Not hundred. That wasn't last week. I don't know what episode we're on anymore. Yeah, because fifty three was one more than a year. Now it's two more than a year. Okay, Pretty something sure it's 54. like that. Okay. 54, 54th episode. 54 episodes. We 54. made it. We made it to 54. We made it so far. Or 55 if we're wrong. Um, yeah. How are you, babe? I'm, I'm good. I'm tired. Yeah. So I apologize in advance if I'm not quite as energetic this week as I usually am. We, uh, we been... won't be hearing many uh, high-pitched uh, tones. In this episode, I don't know. You might, who knows? <laughs> they might happen, they might not. I don't know. <laughs> you never can tell what you're gonna get. Life is like a box of chocolates, anyways. So, Yeesh. how's your week been? It's It's been good. Um, it's good. been busy. It is 54. I just double checked. Sorry. Uh, it's it, yeah. I, I just feel very busy between work and school and. You have been really busy. Home life, all that fun stuff. Busy, busy. Because, yeah, we've, we've got stuff coming up this weekend. Yeah. Our little boy's birthday uh, is tomorrow or today. When you're listening to this, it is his birthday. Mm-hmm. Three years old, which oh is goodness. insane. I've um, been like crying off and on all day. Oh, dang. <laughs> dang. I haven't had that much of an emotional reaction. <laughs> But it is pretty crazy thinking that I have a three-year-old son. That's, yeah. And he, yeah, he's just gotten so big. You just see, especially when they're kids, you see them, I was going to say you see them age, but no, you <laughs> see them, uh, just the the change that they go through. Mm-hmm. It's very rapid when they're young. And then it's crazy seeing Josie because she's watching Ollie. And yeah. so she develops quicker than she would on her own, you know, like walking and talking and all kinds of stuff man yep. she's Gosh. like pushing chairs so that she can climb up she's on top crazy. of them and get... she's a crazy baby <laughs> she climbs on everything and just wants to pull everything down onto the floor and yeah. destroy everything mm-hmm. just like oh my goodness child like i cannot i, I can't do Anything else like when she's awake yeah. because she just I comes just have, in like a wrecking ball. Yeah. I just have to constantly keep an eye on her because she's be like on top of her. Cause she'll just climb on top of the table yeah. or yeah, just try and mess with everything, pull things down off the counters. Yeah. Well, and it's crazy too, because I, I know Ollie was a late bloomer, but like at, Josie's age, Ollie was not even walking yet. Right. And she's just like walking on tightropes, basically. <laughs> like oh, almost killing herself multiple times a day. Well, that's not true, but Crazy. hurting her, you know, getting real close to hurting herself. She just has mm-hmm. no inhibitions. Just... She, yeah, she like, she has no fear. Nope. She just does what she wants. Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, so Ollie's birthday is tomorrow and his party is on Saturday and it's supposed to rain all day. Yay. Thanks, Florence. 
Yeah, we were supposed to have his party at a splash pad because, well. Because it's still hot in exactly. September in Austin, Texas. <laughs> That's how that and, goes. Yeah, and so, yeah, you're if you're like a splash pad, what? Yeah, we still have splash pads open because it's still hot here. Yeah, it's still um, 80 degrees <laughs> with all the rain that we've been right. getting because it's been raining almost nonstop for two weeks, three weeks now. Yeah, Gosh, something been, like that. Yeah, I think three. Something like three. That. Yeah, and it's supposed to rain for the next week at least. I saw the 10-day forecast and every single day there's at least a 40% chance of rain. Yeah, and Saturday is, is 100%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the day that we were supposed to have it at the flash pad, yeah. which is why we changed it to our house. And don't get me wrong, I'm not like, I fully understand first world problems like, oh, you're just getting rain. What about the people who are losing power and losing their homes and all their, like, I get that. I'm not saying. Yeah. We're just making conversation, people. We're not like really (laughs) complaining. Okay. Yeah. I know it is much, much (laughs) worse for a lot of other people. Um, But um, yeah, we're just, we're just saying the minor annoyances that seem to creep up. And speaking of rain, that reminds me of last weekend, I went on an impromptu hunting trip. You did. I don't even remember if we talked about that at all on the last podcast. I don't think so. But um, it pretty much got rained out. So <laughs> that was cool. It's raining the whole time. But sitting around, drinking beer, hanging with family, and talking was really good. Like, it was really nice was to be able to just hunting. chill. It was my first time hunting. Yep. I got to... Shoot a shotgun at the air mm-hmm. once. Yes. So that was fun. My, I, I grew up living with my grandparents most of, most of my childhood. And my grandfather um, has always been into hunting. It was probably like at least a couple times a month he would go up, he would leave for the weekend and go up to a, a deer lease and, stay there and hunt and growing up i ate like fresh venison all the time and pig and turkey Turkey. yeah yeah, just whatever he shot he and he used to grind it himself actually he used to have a grinder but now he takes it somewhere else to get it uh ground but yeah so i was i was spoiled in that Growing up, <laughs> getting all that good, unprocessed meat. Yeah. I did not go hunting growing up. I don't, my parents don't even own a gun. I don't know if they do now, but they didn't growing up. It just, it, yeah, I we don't had know, shotguns all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> you think, like in Texas, like, of course you have guns, right? But no, my, I don't know, my parents didn't. Um, but it's not to say that we dislike guns, like, no, I mean, there, there's nothing wrong with them. We just didn't have one. Mm-hmm. You know? They're expensive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's probably. Yeah. That was probably. We it. don't have one either. <laughs> right. Yet. Yet. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh, gun, gun, gun. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, yeah, it was It was a good time. Uh, it was a good time just to hang out. We did see a bunch of t- uh, turkeys because you mentioned turkeys earlier see them roaming but it was not turkey it's not turkey season right so we couldn't shoot them we also we saw a bunch of deer couldn't shoot them either it's dove season so that was that was what we were yeah trying to hunt and uh if you've ever gone dove hunting uh the you basically like wait till they fly 
you know, and see if you can spot them and then shoot them while they're flying. Mm-hmm. So it's not exactly the easiest thing to hunt right. in the rain because <laughs> they don't tend yeah. to. And it's come always out. boar season. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're just overrun. Yeah. We didn't see any of those. Because boars are like vermin, they're just everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, boars are terrible because you can't eat boars, they're stinky and gross. But the, um, the female pigs, I don't remember what you call them. The pigs. Those are the ones that you eat. Yeah. So. But, uh, yeah. No, it was it was a good time. It was a good time. Sorry. <laughs> I don't even know what I was going to say. It was just, a, it was really nice to be able to just chill. Um, yeah, hang out with family and talk and grow closer to family. It was good. Um, it was. Always nice. Yeah. It, it's funny because I started off by saying that I feel really busy. <laughs> and I guess it's kind of because of that. But even that coming up, it, it was kind of like a spur of the moment thing. Like we had talked about doing it and then it was confirmed like three days before we left, <laughs> which was kind of stressful because all my other uh, responsibilities, that's what they're called when you're an adult. Yep. Um, but worked yeah. it out. You still had like a paper to write or something that weekend. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Got one this weekend Fun. too. But got Yay. my kid's birthday, so <laughs> we'll see how that works out. You'll get it done. You always do. Yeah, I'll I'll have to. You just either stay up late or wake up early, or both. Yeah. And then you just get no, no sleep. No sleep. Yeah, that's how it goes. It's week six of my current class. Got two more weeks. So, well, two and a half. Wow, really? It's already been six weeks? Mm-hmm. Gosh, that's gone by so fast. Yeah, it has. Because I've been wow. busy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but then, I mean, my next class starts up right after that. So I don't even know if there's any downtime. Maybe a week. Sometimes there's a week. Anyways, doesn't matter. Yeah. It's not very good podcast <laughs> conversation. Uh, how's your week been? Um, yeah, it's been good. Um, I'm trying to remember what I've been doing and just hanging out with the kids, getting stuff ready for his party. Mm-hmm. Um we've been doing much of anything else it's been pretty chill here at home for the most part Mm -hmm. not a ton of anything which is nice (laughs) cool yeah exciting boring but boring (laughs) is fine in my opinion honestly (laughs) i'd rather have boring than chaotic yeah i mean it's it's boring in the sense that it's not like real eventful I'm never bored during the day mm-hmm. <laughs> because I have our two children who constantly need things and Josie who's constantly trying to um, kill herself. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's a true and the assessment. only time I can get something done is when she's asleep. So, mm-hmm. fun. Yep. All right. Well, I guess that's it for episode 54. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? I do, actually. Um, All right. Because I want... Um, how do I really preface this? I'll just go right into it. I want us to promote the podcast more. Okay. I don't think we're very good at promoting it. Mm-mm. Like, I... I When we first started it, I would post the episodes on my own Facebook page but I rarely do that now. Mm-hmm. I just forget about it, honestly. Um, but 
I want us to promote it more and try and get um, some more listeners. Um, just because, I don't know, I, I don't know exactly how long we want to keep this podcast going. But if we want to keep it going for, you know, years, then mm. I'd like to get more listeners so that... I don't know. We can do more with the podcast, you know? Okay. If Because if we want to keep it up, then I want to do more with it. Okay. And can't really do more with it without promoting it, <laughs> without having more listeners, hmm. if that makes sense. So Cool. Yeah. So with that said, I'm going to ask you, you peeps, our peeps, our listeners, our friends, we love you. Will you please share our episodes? Um, and also, I'm working on a So Talk To Me Facebook page mm-hmm. so that we can give updates on there and y'all can follow us there and share that as well. Yeah. Sweet. Cool. We can better communicate with our listeners through that. So we'll get that up and running soon. So you can talk to us on there. Exactly. Too, which is cool. 54 episodes and we're just now starting a Facebook page. <laughs> well, we had sort we of talked about it before, but we were just like, eh. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. Meh. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, no, I, I think it would be, it would be best to to do that and to start communicating with you guys more. Sweet. Sounds good. So that'll be out in the next couple days, which is pretty cool. Facebook page. Well, when we give all our other plugs at the end of the episode, we'll start plugging that as well. Yeah. Well, and like it'll be, it'll also be cool because we'll be able to like, you know, post links to all of our recos on there as well. Yeah. um, Just, you know, articles that we've found interesting or things that we want to talk about on the podcast um we can post about it there and and it'll also be easier i think for you guys to just um ask questions and give um topic suggestions so yeah ouch sweet hit my hand sorry i like it that'll be fun yay interaction I mean, that's kind of what we're all about, right? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. We haven't really been very good about that with our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, yeah. Anything interesting you've seen on the interwebs, on the, the Facebooks lately? Oh, man. Um, not really. <laughs> no? Sorry. I mean, the only stuff that comes to mind is like political stuff. And that's oh, just... boo. Yeah. I don't know that we really want to talk about it because, you know, politics is politics. It's weird. I must not, I don't know, see the same, see many of the same posts you do because I rarely ever see anything political on my well, Facebook page. Well, honestly, I just haven't been using very much social media lately. It's like I, I've been listening to a ton of podcasts. Oh, okay. But that like, makes I more just sense. don't have time to be on social media like I used to be. 
So I'll, I'll get on, you know, check my feeds, check my updates, and then get off. I'm not really spending very much time there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, no, most of the, the political stuff, I mean, the political stuff, now that I actually know what it's talking about, because I'm, you know, listening to more political podcasts, mm-hmm. um, it's it's interesting. It's interesting to think through some things, but yeah, yeah, because there's this issue with the with the Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh. Have you heard anything about this? I've seen a couple of very vague posts talking about a situation, but not mentioning mentioning his name or anyone else's name mm-hmm. but there was a comment on a certain post that was talking about Kavanaugh so I was like oh, okay this post must have to do with him somehow so I haven't actually heard anything about it no gotcha do you want a little rundown of what's going on it has something to do with sexual assault I know that much yes yeah so so he's been accused of sexual assault mm-hmm. when he was a teenager so his accuser okay. said that uh, when she was a teenager, uh-huh. uh, she was at a party uh-huh. and him and his friend were both stumbling drunk, I believe uh-huh. are her words. And uh, he basically like pushed her and got on top of her on a bed, like pushed her into a bedroom, got on top of her and started trying to take her clothes off while his friend was there also. Um, but he was so Gross. drunk, he like wasn't able to. Yeah, she tried screaming, and he put his hand over her mouth. Oh my gosh! Um, and then his friend basically like knocked him off the bed, and they left, and she like locked herself in the bathroom. So this is oh what. My goodness. Yeah, I know. That's I know. traumatic. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. And if if it's true, like that's terrible. Like that that's horrible. Like mm-hmm. there's there's absolutely no excuse for that that uh, type of. Um, those actions um, right. that is real legitimate sexual assault. Yes. Doesn't matter how old you are. He was apparently 17 at the time. Apparently, again, I say alleged mm-hmm. because he was just accused of this, right? Right. Okay, so uh, the problem is this was over 35 years ago. Okay. And she did not say anything about it at the time. At the time, at all, to anyone. Mm -hmm. She had only started talking about it back in 2012 when she was in couples therapy with her husband. Okay. Which at the time, I don't believe she even said his name. Mm -hmm. She had just talked about this thing that had happened to her. Yeah. Um, And it was only. Like after that, that when she started to see from her, from her side of the story, right. Is that she started to see his name pop up in different places Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, he's kind of risen through the ranks, right. Right. Like to the place where he's, he's a Supreme court nominee. Mm -hmm. Um, And when he was on the, the dock, like on the short list of, of, who Trump was going to um, Mm -hmm. suggest to be the Supreme court nominee. Um, She, I can't remember who exactly she went to, um, but some, some law enforcement agency. I don't, I don't know. Um, I, 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 I honestly don't even know, but she went to someone and like said out of anonymity, she didn't want her name or anything like that in there because she didn't want, you know, all the ensuing, kind of media stuff yeah yeah going back to her Mm -hmm. um but she kind of shared her story in that sense 
Um, well, it's since come out. Of course, they leaked her name. Everyone knows who she is. Um, and and the other people. So the issues with her story is that she, her story has changed over time. Some mm-hmm. of the details have changed. Um, she first said she was an older. She said she was in her late teens, and now she's saying she was like fifteen. Um, she can't remember the date. She can't remember the place. She knows she was at a party. She can't yeah. specify anyone at the party aside from yeah. Brett and Brett Kavanaugh and his friend mm-hmm. who both categorically deny that it had ever happened. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I, I can understand that it being so long ago. Mm-hmm. And also something so traumatic, you tend to try to block it. Mm-hmm. So I can understand details being fuzzy. Right. Right. Exactly. So the problem is that details are fuzzy. Right. Because yeah. it's literally, it's th- over 35 years ago. And you can't physically prove everything. Like you, you don't have any evidence. Right. So there's no way, there is literally no way to investigate the claim. Right. Because she doesn't know where it happened. She can't corroborate her story with anyone mm-hmm. else. She didn't she didn't mention it to anyone until over three decades later. Yeah. So there's no way to investigate it. You right. know, there's no way to look into it. Um, that's it's kind of why the statute of limitations is in effect. Yeah. Because because she may like I don't want to deny that this I don't want to accuse her of lying. Right. Right. Um, I will say sidebar is that it does look like a political ploy because the the problem is it's, it's happening during, um, you know, the Senate hearings for Brett Kavanaugh Okay, for him. So the, the problem, the, the problem is the person who shared this, um, I can't remember her name, Feinstein. Anyways, uh, she had, she had gotten this information, uh-huh. um, before, before his accuser had gone public. Uh-huh. She had gotten information from her. Um, before the proceedings ever happened and she's just now at the end of the proceedings saying hey this happened like you were accused of this and like bringing it out into the open Mm -hmm. so it definitely looks like a political ploy to draw out the hearings by by the victim or by the other okay right right right. by democrats in the senate okay okay uh so it's yeah so no i mean it's not not necessarily it's you know, I think you can drink the Kool-Aid and say that, oh, yeah, she's she's lying. She's only doing this because she's a Democrat and she's trying to, you know, throw out this allegation. Like, yeah, if you want if you want to put the dots together in that way. If you like, want to be an ass. Yeah, basically, <laughs> basically, you can say that. Um, but I, I, I so that's what I was saying is that I don't. I I don't even want to say like that she's lying. It's it very well may have happened. Right. The problem is that because of the distance, because of how long ago it was, because there's yeah. no way to uh, to corroborate it at all. There's mm-hmm. just, there's literally no way. Um, it, again, that's why the statute of limitations is in place, mm-hmm. and so like justice can't. Like, like she might, she might be misremembering, right? I'm not saying that she's lying. Mm-hmm. She, you know, she may be traumatized from that event. 
But well, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> anyone would be traumatized from that, right? If if it happened, yeah, right. That, that's what I'm saying. Um, and I'm not saying either way. It mm-hmm. very well may have happened. The problem is that there's no way to actually like our justice system is built on innocent until proven guilty, right? Beyond a reasonable doubt. There is definitely reasonable doubt. Yeah, you um, have to be able to provide some prove, sort of evidence. Yeah. yeah. And I understand that makes it really difficult on the victims, especially of sexual assault, mm-hmm. because you feel violated. You don't want people to know. Mm-hmm. Um, I I understand. I was going to say I get that, but I, that's never happened to me. So I don't get it on that right. level. But I understand that it's very difficult the problem That's why is, we have to put our hope in Jesus, people. Yeah. Because we're not going to see justice here on this earth. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. But our God is just and will bring justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So it's a, like, it's a complicated issue, except that, like, from, from a legal justice position, it is pretty cut and dry yeah like definitely they're i mean they're, they're still going forward with proceedings like she's going to testify mm-hmm. and he's going to testify as well but i mean there's really not anything that can be done there yeah. there have been multiple um there have been uh like a dozens if i recall correctly dozens of women who have signed a statement who who know brett kavanaugh very well mm-hmm. that say that he has been nothing but um that, that his that his honor that he is full of integrity mm-hmm honorable they've been in close and that situations. very well may be so, true like i mean people change over right. time he could have been a complete like an utter horrible douchebag back then and done that you know but then changed and hasn't done that you know what i mean like i'm saying people change Yes, but you would also expect, I mean, if if you're making a case against him, you would also expect that there would be a pattern of behavior like that, whereas if there's no pattern at all, if there's no one else who can confirm that he'd ever done anything like that, yes, it totally could have been a one-off event. Yes, yeah. I get that. That's I agree. what I'm saying, yeah. I agree. It could have been. But the, I mean, the, the evidence just is not there to say that that had ever happened legally, Well, that, right? that is... That's why it's so important to come out about those things right when it happens. Yeah. Yeah. To report Mm -hmm. when it happens. Right. And not wait. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the only time when you can actually produce some sort of evidence, Mm -hmm. you know, so... So, anyways, that's that situation. Yeah. Again, if you it, can drink yeah. your Kool-Aid on either side. You can say... If it really happened, then, I mean, it's it's really brave of her to come out about that mm-hmm. now. Right. And that's, and that's the way that she has come out with the information, or the way that she has given her side of the story, is that she didn't want to make it public, but she saw, like, his prominence mm-hmm. in the country and felt that it was her duty... To let people know that makes about sense, it. right? Right. Again, if what she's saying is true, yes, it makes sense. If the, yeah, if you're like, if your only experience with this person is something that completely traumatized you, then yeah, I can, I can totally understand, like, yeah, wanting to bring that to light and totally. warn people. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so yeah, that's that's why. I said, like, you can drink the Kool Aid on either side. You can yeah. say, you know, that she. <laughs> You can say that the male-dominated patriarchy doesn't want to, you know, give the the 
benefit of the doubt to the accuser and you know they're holding down women because there's no way you know you you can get it from that side if you want to um or you can also go to the other side and say oh well she's a total liar she should have said something earlier like this isn't true this is just the democrats trying to you know play the the a game with politics okay you know either way except that yeah there's two sides to every story right right Right. But it's just, it, it has had me thinking though, um, over the past week of just like, just lo- looking at both sides of it and thinking how, how you kind of reconcile something like that. Again, I mean, and, and it's for the reasons that we've already kind of stated, but like, especially in cases of sexual assault, I totally get why you'd want to keep quiet. You know, I totally get why you, you wouldn't want to say anything to anyone and just stuff it down. Yeah. Well, yeah, um, it's completely violating and you, yeah, you just feel violated and dirty and like. Yeah, if you ignore it, it'll go away. Yeah, I mean, especially as a teenager too, right? Um, you know, if it if again, if it had occurred, I'm going to stop saying that. Sorry, but um, like you, you don't. You, your brain hasn't even fully developed, right? You, you, your body, you still don't know what's going on, right. and so how confusing it must have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, for something like this to happen like i can only i can only imagine but um yeah it's just it's sad when you look at it from that angle again it's it's just it's it's difficult because i also don't want to make it sound like oh this definitely did happen you know mm-hmm. because i don't know again she could she could just be misremembering who it was you know i i don't i don't know i have no idea and no one else knows either mm-hmm. except the people who who were actually there, right? If it if it had occurred, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's a it's a difficult situation. Well, I'm I'm just gonna say it, okay? So because of the legal, the the, the because there's no way to prove this, right? right? And and I mean there there will be hearings. So if more comes out, then cool, we'll hear that. Um, but because there's legally no way to present any kind of evidence, I don't think this should be, I don't think he should be remembered as, you know, the Supreme Court justice who sexually assaulted someone and got away with it. You know, just because it's alleged, just because someone accused him doesn't mean it's true. And if there's no evidence, like there's no way to know that it really was him, that, mm-hmm. that it had ever occurred, like... There, like you said, there's two sides in every coin. Mm-hmm. There's two sides to the story, and if his side is well, n- no, he literally never did anything like that. <laughs> there was there was never anything, you know. Maybe maybe it was one of his friends in that crowd because they didn't go to the same school. They didn't know each other. Mm. Um, that's another part of the story. Um, so it's so it's so complicated, but yeah. it's just you know, I I don't think he should be if if he is innocent legally then i don't think that you know he should be known by that if that well i mean yeah it's kind of too late for that though (laughs) with an accusation like that people are people are gonna think what they're gonna think and they're gonna remember you the way they want to remember you you know what i mean yeah like you can't you can't take that back now right but it's not right yeah people can remember you by that but if he's innocent then it's not right for people to assume that it happened yeah, if he's innocent, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So, it's a complicated situation. 
Um, I, I say that again, <laughs> going back to it is that legally it's not, it's not complicated because there's no evidence to that can, that can be produced. But, um, looking at the different sides and depending on who you want to believe it's complicated. Mm -hmm. So anyways, that's that story. Off that subject (laughs) now. So politics, uh, what next? Okay. Religion. Let's do this. (laughs) Uh, two favorite topics. Yeah. Did you have any other, uh, anything else you wanted to talk about? Um, well, either way, what I have to mention would segue well either coming out of your topic or going into your topic. Okay. So, Well, let's do it now. Do it now? I brought up that one. You can bring okay. up one, and then I'll finish it off. <laughs> so I saw an article today um, by the Gospel Coalition, mm-hmm. and it's about um, Bethel. My favorite church in the world, you guys. Y'all know this, right? My favorite. Have you talked about them on here before? <laughs> Anyways. Um, called uh, The article is called At What Price Awakening? Examining the Theology and Practice of the Bethel Movement. There are a lot of different parts to this article. Um, so one of, their, one of their big things is... Uh, Revival is what they talk about a lot. Um, so it's interesting because it, it's almost like they come from sort of like a theonomous point of view where they have to like, they see it as their responsibility to make this world righteous or perfect. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, but they really, really focus um, on uh, miracles and like the supernatural signs and wonders type stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is just problematic to begin with, but gosh, it's hard for me to like go into all of it without like taking up this whole entire episode because there's so much. Mm-hmm. Y'all really just need to read the article because I have, <laughs> I have, um, I've, I've researched Bethel and Bill Johnson for a while. Um, mm-hmm. and so like reading this article, like the whole time I was reading, just like, yep, I've heard him say those things. Like, yep, I've, I've watched that sermon. Like, because I've, I've actually like gone and like listened to his like full sermons to, make sure that you know what people are saying isn't false or taking them out of context yeah i wanted to hear it for myself um yeah i've just been listening listening to his sermons and just other things that have come out of bethel oh my word and it is there's so many emotions that come with it it's uh it's sad it makes me angry it makes me laugh with how stupid some of the things anyways anyways um it's just i don't really know how to express myself (laughs) 
feel I really want y'all to see my like facial expressions. That's really how I express myself is facial expressions and hand gestures. So being on a podcast is a little hard for me, you guys. <laughs> Guess we'll have to do another live episode. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Because <laughs> I, yeah, I like roll my eyes and like just make a lot of facial expressions is I wear my emotions on my face basically. Yeah. But one one of the big things that stood out to me about this article is that they mm-hmm. uh have recently uh come out with a a new Bible translation. Okay. Uh well I say um, I'm putting quotations around Bible because it's Psalms and New Testament. Um, okay. And it's very, very problematic. Um, it's called the Passion Translation, and it really uh, focuses on uh, miracles and signs and wonders. Um, it's just so sad, you guys. It's so, so sad. It's so sad, babe. So, so why, sad. like... What what is their what were their guiding principles in the translation like, like what is it a is it a paraphrase of other English translations or did they actually use like did they is it an actual translation of Hebrew and Greek? No, no. Um, okay, so here here's the portion where it talks about the the Passion translation. The Passion translation a. Bethel Bible to propagate Bethel theology. Okay, so the um, the description says, uh, it's never a good sign when a particular movement decides that the existing translations of the Bible don't fit well enough with their theology. But this is exactly what Bethel has done with the Passion Translation. While I, and this is the author's words, while I don't think Bethel fits the definition of a cult just yet, I would disagree, honestly. Um, this is strikingly similar to what the Jehovah's Witnesses do with the New World Translation. Also worrying Yikes. is the fact that the translation was done by one man, Brian Simmons, who claims to Ooh. have uncovered the quote-unquote love language of God that has been missing from <laughs> oh, other translations. No. Oh, no. Are you kidding me? Nope. Let me keep going. It gets better. Okay. I, can I interject something real quick? What? Okay. Just... Just, just sidebar. Just the fact that he used the word love languages, guys. Okay, we went through the five love languages as as a as couple, a married couple. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think it's helpful in its place. Um, I think we've talked about it on previous episodes before. But it, I mean that that was a book that was written like what a few decades ago. Like how how do you say that God has a love language that no one before has ever what? Let me keep going. Oh my gosh. Uh, Simmons states, God refuses to meet us in an intellectual way. Excuse me. What we're trying to do with this project is to bring words that go right through the human soul and past the defenses of our mind and goes right to our spirit. Can you read? Because you're using your brain. You're being intellectual when you read words. There are no words that pass by the brain and go straight to the heart. That's 
that's literal nonsense. That that doesn't matter. That was I can't, a very nonsensical sentence. I can't just utter sounds and expect you to feel something. You have to understand what the sounds that I'm making are. It just, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that I did not read this article until now because, wow. <laughs> this is just one tiny section. Wow. Okay. I, I, yeah, yeah. So full disclosure, Sam found this article earlier today and uh, I kind of skimmed through a little bit of the beginning, but I wasn't able to read it because I was working. Um, man. Wow. That sounds like, it sounds like it could totally be a movie trailer. One man. And then you could have like Bethel music playing in the background. One man found the love language of God. All these other, all these other Bibles are wrong. And I have to write this. The passion of Brian Simmons. Are you done? I'm done. <laughs> okay. Keep going. Don't give anyone any ideas, please. Okay. Um, Andrew Sheed, the head of Old Testament and Hebrew at Moore Theological College and member of the NIV Committee on Bible Translation, has written an in-depth review of the Passion Translation for... Uh, Themelius? Themelius? I don't know what that is. Anyways, um, I did read that article earlier, and it was really good. Uh, Sheed argues that in Simmons' attempts to reintroduce the passion and fire of the Bible to the English reader, he abandons all interest in textual accuracy, <laughs> playing fast and loose with the original languages and inserts so much new material to the text that it is at least 50% longer than the original. Oh my gosh. She concludes that the result is a strongly uh, sectarian translation that no longer counts as scripture. By masquerading as a Bible, it threatens and... Uh, it threatens to bind entire churches in thrall to a false god. Yeah. Dang. Wow. Yep. That's just one section of this article, you guys. Yeah. Ugh. There's a lot more. Man. I'm laughing, but it really is sad. It is. Uh, especially when we go into our next topic and and see part of what uh part of what i've been studying and, and reading as well so do do we want to leave it off was there anything else that you wanted to mention about that of course we'll have a link to the article yeah there's so much more that could be said about this article but I, yeah we don't have time to go into it now. <laughs> okay yeah maybe next week there we go <laughs> we got some more stuff to tackle cool well um we didn't have anything for this week course because that's how we normally do and then we end up talking about everything right and uh, that's why we're already you know so far in and haven't even addressed the actual topic so anyways i was going to fall back on of course what i've been learning in my class right so taking an old testament class this week we've been talking about prophecy so i've Ooh. been reading a lot about of course old testament right, prophecy. Yeah. And there's a little bit of prophecy in the new testament as well but um old testament prophecy and uh, so it's really cool. It's been really cool taking a look at the different um, 
categorizations of prophecy. In particular, one of my assignments is to is to take ten different um, uh, types of prophecy and kind of explain how, like, we find scriptures that that fit into those categorizations and explain how they fit into those categorizations. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been it's been really good because you see kind of like you know the similarities in the different types of prophecy. And you also see, it gives you kind of a clear picture of what God was doing through the prophets mm-hmm. and through each like type of prophecy, if that makes any sense. Um, another thing that's that's really interesting is like, okay, so you hear the word prophecy. Um, often what you think about is like someone telling the future, right? I mean, that that's kind of like, you know, you you see that in like sci-fi movies and adventures and stuff like that. Oh, the prophecy of old, you know. And right. th- there is that. I mean, there's some there's some telling of the future in the scripture, but most of the prophecy, um, it are just declarations from God to people, mm-hmm. right? So it's God using someone to say His words. Um, so the the way that that the literature I've been reading kind of splits it up is that there's prophecy that's foretelling that tells of future events. And then there's prophecy that is forth telling. And that is explaining God's message through a human, through mm-hmm. a prophet. Right. Um, me. And a lot of the, uh, a lot of the foretelling prophecy, the stuff that talks about the future was for the immediate future of the people that the prophecy was given to, if that makes any sense. Like there is not very much prophecy in the scripture that, you know, waited more than a generation until it was fulfilled. Okay. Like even a lot of the messianic prophecies um, were actually fulfilled in different ways during the lifetime of the prophet and were later seen to be fulfilled through Jesus. Right. If that makes any sense. So, so those are just some interesting points. Um, but yeah, taking a look at the different types of prophecy, um, you know, there's prophecies where, where God prophesies destruction on people. Mm-hmm. And an interesting thing about that is that, um, interesting to me at least, is, is it does follow a template most of the time. Is, is The first part is what's called the messenger formula. So that's basically just where the prophet says that this is God who is speaking. Mm. So it's actually God using a human mm-hmm. um, to speak his words, which is always, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that in a second. Like the entire Bible. Right, right. Um, but it's, it's like a specific word to a specific people. Um, so so that, that is a large part of prophecy, right? Is that it has to come from God. Right. And the reason that God is saying it is spelled out within the prophecy. And the it, will, it will ha- happen. Like it will prove to have been right. true. Yeah, yeah. And we'll we'll get to that oh, in a okay, second sorry. as well. Sorry. No, get, no, no. Getting ahead of myself. Yeah, no. I mean that's that's where we're yeah, that's where we're leading to okay. eventually. <laughs> um, Darn it. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> there's the messenger that's involved. Obviously it has to say that it's a word from God. It's not just someone kind of speaking out of their butt, right? <laughs> you know, it's, it, it, it there does were those actually, two yes, in the Bible. <laughs> it, exactly. Exactly. But the actual, actual true prophecy comes from God. Right. right? Exactly. The author is and God. comes true. Yeah. It's not 
humans. Um, and then God, like, <laughs> it seems so obvious, but when you take it apart, it makes a lot of sense, right? Um, when God prophesies destruction or salvation, he tells you why. Mm-hmm. Like, he explains what the people have done to deserve destruction. Mm-hmm. So it's not just, you know, a lot of people like to paint God in the Old Testament as an angry, wrathful God, right? But every time he was angry and wrathful, he explained why he was angry and wrathful. And he usually used an analogy of a harlot or a whore. Yeah, (laughs) there's definitely that. Yeah, (laughs) there's 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 a lot. Yeah, he he could definitely be harsh. But again, he explains why. I mean, it's just honest, just truthful. Right. I say harsh. (laughs) I mean, I think of it in the in the context of being a father. Right, you can be harsh with your children, but you explain to them why. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying harsh like flying off the handle. I'm saying harsh like you have to punish Just. your children. Right? Just yeah. Um, which may look harsh to someone, um, but you're explaining why you're doing. You know, you have to communicate that as well. Right. And and maybe that's that's a parallel there too. Obviously, we don't <laughs> perform this kind of the type of destruction that God does. <laughs> but hey, parenting tip, make sure your kids know why they're being punished. <laughs> um, that coming from the guy whose oldest child is going to be three. Uh, so I haven't had as much experience, but that's one thing that I know. Um, so so you see that as well, is, is God explains himself as if he needed to, mm. right? Um, but he, do, he explains like why he's going to destroy people. Right. Um, there, there's a lot of destructive prophecies, and that's why I say that in particular. That's that's kind of the first one. But there's also prophecies of salvation, mm-hmm. and you see that all throughout Scripture as yeah. well. Um, you know, whether it's prophesying the Messiah or whether it is simply um, to the Israelites while they're in exile that God will, um, you know, that He will be He will save them. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that He that's, will bring them to the promised land. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, which has two meanings, to where they settled, and then as eventually to Zion. Mm. I said where they settled because I can't remember it off the top of my head right now. Canaan. There you go. Thank you. I was like, it has like two A's in it mm-hmm. at the end. Is it C A N A A N? Yeah. So another few types. I mean, we don't necessarily have to go through all of these. I just find them interesting and interesting that God uses like certain patterns to communicate prophecy, to speak through his prophets. Um, the next one on my little list is called a woe speech. And these are intense. Um, it's basically it's basically like a prophecy of destruction, but it is um, it's more harsh, I guess, more emphatic. Because often the the prophet says woe to this particular city or to mm-hmm. these people. Like this, it, it's a way of saying that God is coming in wrath. Like he he's coming to destroy. Yeah. Um. There is this is an interesting one. There's not very many of these, but it's called a prophetic dirge. And if you know what a dirge is, uh, we don't really do it here in the United States very much. But a dirge is a song. Uh, sort of like a, a eulogy song. It is a song that is sung at a funeral. Okay. Um, often, you know, it's a pretty sad song, right? Um, often, so like, what, what's the one that they play at, um, like when soldiers die? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's that called? Dun, dun, dun. 
Dun, 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 yes, what's it dun, called dun, dun, though? Dun, it has a name. Dun, 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 Why can't I remember it? Dun, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't remember what it's called. Is it just called Stripes? No, I don't think so. I think it's something March, right? Funeral March. I don't remember. Anyways, it's horrible. I Anyways, don't that. yeah. So that's a dirge. So so there are dirges that are prophetic, meaning that it is actually. The prophet mourning over Israel as if it were already dead. Mm. And that's that's used to foretell events that are happening soon. So that that's pretty intense. Um there there are other types of songs, prophetic hymns, um, and, and other types of poetry. A lot of prophecy is poetry, which is really interesting too. Um, even though it follows again the, the, like certain structures of the way that God says things says things, but it's poet there are also poetic forms of prophecy. Um, which I mean, I think just goes to show how much God loves poetry mm-hmm. and song and things like that. But anyways, I, I don't mean to go down that road. Uh, you know. <laughs> I like music, so there's that. Taps. Um oh there you go. It's called taps. taps. There you go. Mm-hmm. Now I'm curious why. I don't I don't know why. Um but um, there's, uh, prophetic visions. Okay. So obviously, um, you know, we can think of ones like, <laughs> like the entire book of revelation <laughs> is a, is a vision. Yeah. Um, Daniel had visions as well mm-hmm. that prophesied certain things. Um, those are also apocalyptic. So those are also a, a little different as well. Um, but visions, th- th- I mean, there are other types of vision prophecies that occur outside of those apocalyptic versions that are, are basically where God uses images in a vision um, to, for the prophet to share with Israel or whoever that they're speaking to um, in order to, to tell God's truth. So God uses images in, in uh, prophecy as well. Um, but in that prophecy, he also explains what the images are used for, right? So I guess, I guess we could get into it or either way, just something to note is that God uses prophecy because he wants to tell people something, Mm -hmm. not because he's trying to obscure something, if that makes sense. Or confuse you. Right. Images are used to make a point. They're not made to obscure a point. Does that make sense? Right. That that's just something to note that'll come up later, uh, as as we keep. Well, talking yeah. About this. <laughs> He's not a god of confusion, right? Like, right. So, um, prophetic disputation is where God kind of asks a lot of obvious questions, like He builds a case in His prophecy again, explaining what He's about to do, which is just awesome to me because it's like, well, it reminds yeah, it reminds God me doesn't of, have to do that of Job. Mm-hmm. All the questions yeah. that he asked Job, yeah. Yeah, totally. Like making the point that I am God. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, there's something called a prophetic lawsuit, and that's basically where God um, indicts his people. Like he goes and cites the law to show them where they've messed up mm. in his prophecies of, often it's of destruction. So he, inci- you know, he's like, mm-hmm. you guys have messed up. This was our covenant. Here's where you've broken the covenant. So here's where I'm going to fulfill that part of the covenant that says that, you know, that you're going to, there's going to be curses, mm-hmm. basically. 
in a in a nutshell that's the lawsuit yeah notice i've noticed that you don't hear prophecies of destruction in churches that claim to have prophets or that quote unquote prophesy yeah interesting isn't it mm-hmm. yeah um so the last one that i wanted to mention it's similar to like we talked about prophetic visions right okay so there's also prophetic symbolism where god tells the prophet to do something that is symbolic of what he is trying to teach for instance the entire book of hosea okay oh so yeah he tells the prophet hosea to marry a prostitute mm-hmm. the message throughout and then tells them to name their kids certain names mm-hmm. and all of these images are used to show israel's relationship to god Mm-hmm. Right, so that's another that's another form of prophecy. I could never Hosea tell reading Hosea if that was more of a poetic prophecy, or if it was like a literal like literal Hosea took a literal like. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it, 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 everything within the text makes it seem like it is very much literal that he did that, so that. Israel would know what was what right, was going but on. just but just like saying that, like their the naming their children and what their children represented, mm-hmm. sort of made it seem poetic to me. But hmm. yeah, no, I mean, it, it, I'm pretty sure all of that actually occurred. Right, naming their children the different things. Yeah, so no, that, I'm not. I'm not saying that. That's what I think now. I've. I've mm-hmm just thought about that in the past yeah gotcha okay so all of these types of of prophecy where where this is what i've been studying in class right and so this is kind of what i wanted to but this is kind of a jumping off point of what i've i've kind of been thinking about again because this is all old testament prophecy that we've been looking into that i've been looking into over the past week it's also brought up the question of what people refer to nowadays as prophecy mm-hmm. right and so that's that's what i wanted to talk about really after but i wanted to to kind of lay the foundation because i've been looking at what it looks like in the old testament mm-hmm. i've noticed it looks awfully different than what people claim prophecy is nowadays. Right. Right? I mean, there there are some clear distinctions um, with what people say is prophecy. Well, and prophecy was, they were new revelations. Um, how, how so? What do you mean? Well, like God what was saying that? what was, uh, like a lot of it was saying what was going to happen. Mm-hmm was revealing to you what's going to happen. Yes. Um and then those things were fulfilled and came to pass through Jesus and through other things. Mm-hmm. Um so like if you're claiming to be a prophet these days and claiming to bring prophecy essentially one you're saying that the canon is still open because what you have to say is from God and needs to be revealed to his people. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, cards on the table, yeah, we, we both are cessationists. Um, I do think that it's always beneficial to kind of go back and study these things and, and remind myself 
what I believe and why I believe it. Um, you know, I mentioned it last episode is that I think it is best to look at the opposing argument, the best that the other side has to offer, right? When you're trying to right. to test your beliefs and see what the other side has to say, it is it is always good to take a look at what the best is, so that way you can be sure of what you believe. Um, I I would say that taking and I haven't studied this a lot, and that's kind of why I bring it up is just to kind of talk about it. Um, but I from what I've seen is that. Um, the best scholarship that still believes in modern day prophecy would say that it is not on par with scripture. Um, I, I don't know how they explain that away again, because the prophecy uh, that is talked about in the old Testament, like obviously the prophecy that we have is scripture. So it's kind of like, it's kind of difficult to say, like, I don't know exactly why, modern day prophecy would differ from scripture and would not be as held to the same standard. But I, I will say that, that um, people that I've read the little bit that I have read, they would not say that it's the same as scripture. Mm -hmm. Um, They would also claim that it is not that modern day prophecy is not infallible, that the human element understanding um, what God is telling them can mess up what the prophecy has to say. What? So, well, they would say that modern day prophecy is not infallible. Then it can't be from God. Yeah. So, well, again, the way that, that I have read that they would separate that is that what God is saying is altogether true, but the human can mishear, cannot understand. They can mess up that prophecy. If God wants to say something, he's going to make it clear. Yeah. So that's the thing, right? <laughs> Insert that, finger snap. <laughs> well, and that that's why I wanted to make that clear as well as we were taking a look at these Old Testament types of prophecies is that God used humans, he used prophets to make his points clear. Exactly. Um, and again, you may come back and say, well, what about apocalyptic prophecy? Like, how difficult is it to understand the prophecies of Daniel, the prophecies of John in in the future, right? Like, what? how about that? Like, that's not clear. What, so why can't modern day prophecy be um, as obtuse as that is? Well, what I would... What I would say to that is that apocalyptic prophecy it actually falls into a different category. And if you notice, all of the unclear prophecies, or, you know, I I use that loosely. I do think that God is clear. Right. But I do think that it is very difficult to understand what he is saying in those specific instances. But I think the purpose behind that, if you notice, those prophecies are all about the end times. Mm-hmm. Those are all about Jesus' return and what happens at that point. Right. Jesus himself said that he didn't know the day or the hour, mm-hmm. right? So I think God uh, intentionally has not made that clear to humanity for a reason. Right. There is clarity within those prophecies um, so the overall picture that you get is that God wins, mm-hmm. right? You get the destruction of God's enemies, the final consummation of all prophecy. Well, and he does right? explain things 
within like when he talks about the the lampstands and mm-hmm. the you know the the seven this and you know like all yeah. those like they he explains what all those things represent like he's not trying to be confusing Right, right. There are lots of images and symbols. And I do think, um, you know, to the original hearers, it made a lot more sense than to us nowadays, um, because they could understand a lot of those symbols. Mm-hmm. Um, but my my point is just to say that those were prophecies specific to the end times and Jesus return, right. that we will understand after it occurs. Mm-hmm. But right now we don't know. There has not been prophecy, like there has not been any type of unclear prophecy that uh, has to do with like current events, if that makes sense. All of the prophecy that God did, that God prophesied through people was clear right? because he was trying to, to give a certain message. Also, those apocalyptic prophecies that seem unclear to us, it is a different type of obscurity than what is what happens in modern day prophecy. So when when someone says that, well, it's difficult to tell if that was from God or not. Um, so I, I think immediately of something that happened recently as a pastor that I actually like but he's kind of going off the deep end, Matt Chandler. Mm-hmm. Um, he recently preached a sermon on which he was talking about God giving him, like he encouraged his congregation to go to God and to ask for a word to give to someone else. Okay. That's, that's what prophecy is. I don't know if he used the word prophecy. He did. Okay. He did. There you go. Um, so, so he's asking, he's telling his congregation that they ought to ask God for a prophecy for someone else to encourage them with. And then he proceeds to talk about an example that he had gotten from God in which he sees a pirate ship with cannons and sharks chasing after the pirate ship. And he says he has absolutely no idea what it means, but he's going to share it with his friend who he assumes that God, because he's stepping out in faith, that God will fill in the gaps and, and be able to, to kind of interpret that prophecy. The problem, and again, I, I don't want to slander Matt Chandler. Um, I, I do like him in general. Um, uh, we, we read The Mingling of Souls by him. No? It wasn't that one? What was the one on Song of Solomon? I don't know. I never read that. Yeah, we listened to the audiobook. I don't remember that. <laughs> yes, it was the whole Song of Solomon. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> oh man. I don't I don't dislike Matt Chandler. Please hear me. But um but I think he gets this very wrong. Again, I it's very difficult to reconcile like what I'm reading and what prophecy is with this idea that God can give you kind of a vague image that you don't understand, that maybe someone else will understand, and you might not really know if it was from God or not, but you should step out in faith and believe that God was the one who led your thoughts that way. Nope. That is not even close 
to what that Old is Testament confusing and that is, is dangerous. It is dangerous. It's very dangerous. The flip side to that coin is something, um, and I won't give any names here, but a friend of ours at our church, um, someone came up to her after service and said that God had told her to tell her that she needs to pray more so that she would receive more anointing. Okay? So there's the one side of modern day prophecy that says, well, it might be kind of from God. It might feel like it's from God, but you just step out in faith because you think that he's kind of connected the dots in these things, even if you don't even understand what's going on, which is not what's in the Old Testament. Or it's this emphatic, I have heard from God, and this is the word that he's sharing with me to you. Book, chapter, um, verse, please. Yeah, that that brings up problems because, and this is what you had mentioned earlier, what I wanted to share from Deuteronomy, okay? Deuteronomy 15, um, there's a big chunk of scripture here in chapter 15 that specifically um, has to do with what we're going to talk about, but verse 20 kind of sums it up. He just says, um, but the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that same prophet shall die. He takes this very seriously, yes. guys. Very, very seriously. Yes. If you you are taking the Lord's name in vain, if you're saying that what you have to say is from God, and it is not. Even if you're not sure. If you're not sure, right. Don't say it don't if you're not sure yeah because god is not a god of confusion mm -hmm. if he actually had words to give us today it would not be a question right because it wasn't for any of the prophets nope it wasn't even the visions of john and daniel who they they didn't you know they were seeing all these images they knew emphatically that it was from god yep right and words of encouragement are not prophecies, people. Right. You can encourage people with the truth of scripture, and it's not a prophecy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know why that word has gotten, like, attached to just plain encouragement. Like, I don't, I don't understand where that came from, because I don't see that in scripture. So the closest thing that I can think of is, is stepping out in faith on the promises of God, on promises that God has made, that he will be our protector, you know, that he will, he will bless those who bless us, curse those who curse us, things like that. Stepping out in faith when, and trusting God to fulfill his promises. Um, but that's just obedience. Right, right. <laughs> but that's, that's the closest thing that I can think of to to prophesying over something if that may, if that makes sense sort of like prophesying over your situation uh the fact that god has said these things but even in that case you're taking scripture right you ought to be taking if you're not taking scripture this doesn't work this doesn't right. apply <laughs> right don't put words in god's mouth because i mean we just read deuteronomy that says that you deserve death for that um but it using scripture that that has already been said i mean it, it's not a new prophecy at exactly that point. and like you had said you know something about prophecies it, it is a new word it is a new revelation 
and so even in, in that context, it doesn't quite fit prophecy. That's like just the closest thing that I can think of to some type of prophecy is to is to quote verses of God's promises in prayer and and step out in faith that He would fulfill those promises. But it's not life. prophecy. Yeah, yeah. It's just building each other up in the in the faith and yeah. the truth. Like mm-hmm. that's not prophecy right come on people and i don't want to um minimize the fact that i do believe that god brings to mind scripture oh yeah definitely right we have the holy spirit yeah the holy spirit teaches us and guides us in the truth yes um so i don't uh, please don't hear that that i'm trying to you know, drain the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, like, no, the Holy Spirit is powerful. He allows you to understand. Um, and I, he I, reminds you of the truth. Yeah. Yeah. He brings to mind things of, so that you can encourage other people mm-hmm. as well and be, be a blessing to others. Um, so, so that, that is perfectly legitimate. But this idea of prophecy, I'm, I'm just having a hard time of understanding how what the new testament context of prophecy is outside of scriptural revelation i i I don't i don't get it especially when i'm because this week i've been taking a look at what prophecy was in the old testament Mm -hmm. it followed these certain forms god did he had these ways of using prophecy and it was to communicate a message and if all you're getting is like this blurry kind of feel good sort of, or an image of a pirate ship that I don't know what it has to do with anything. And it, I think it was from God because it came to my mind while I was praying. Or it could just mean that you have a vivid imagination, sir. Yeah. That your mind wanders. Yeah. <laughs> right. It happens to all of us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. On. Totally. Oh my goodness. Um, so yeah i god is oh my goodness god is not fallible you're fallible and he is not going to give you a fallible word right yeah yeah and and i mean i think it it also ah when i hear that i mean it just this this passage in deuteronomy man god doesn't play games with his revelation. Nope. If you're saying it's coming from God, you have to understand how serious God takes that. I understand we're not under the same, um, not all of the same um, consequences of the laws of the Old Testament apply to us nowadays. I'm not saying you should kill someone if they give you a prophecy and it doesn't come to pass. I'm saying that God was that serious about it in the Old Testament he is still serious about it. Right, because he doesn't, doesn't change people. Right. It doesn't mean that you don't deserve death. I, I'm saying that... You do deserve death, right. but you are under grace. Exactly. Exactly. And because of so, that, you should love God enough to take his word seriously yeah. and obey it. Boom. Mic drop. <laughs> don't drop the mic. <laughs> These are... I mean, these are relatively inexpensive <laughs> mics, but still, please don't drop my microphone. <laughs> I like it. Um, all right, so that's all my thoughts on prophecy. If you have something to prophesy over us, oh gosh, you can contact please don't. us. <laughs> please just don't, just don't. <laughs> but if you want to talk to us, 
you can hit us up on Twitter. Our handle is at so underscore talk to me. You can email us at so talk to me podcast at gmail.com. We've also got a Facebook page now. Coming so go up. check that out. So talk to me. So ellipses talk to me. Uh, Facebook page, podcast page thing. I don't know what it's called because no, it's face- not made yet. Yeah, the Facebook page is just so talk to me. It wouldn't let me put the dot, dot, dot for some uh, reason. No, no. no, that's a shame. Okay. Well, do you have any recommendations, parting thoughts, um, anything to throw out? Uh, just to read that article. And... No, that's it for me. Okay. Yeah, I can't think of anything offhand. There was a cool, um, I, I recorded it in my other podcast, so I'll just go ahead and record it here. Your other podcast. Yeah, my other podcast about video games. Um, oh, yeah, you have mentioned it on this one, right? Right, right. I was saying the thing that I recorded in that podcast, I wanted to reco here. Mm-hmm. And that was this. No, no, no. I'm saying that you've mentioned your other podcast <laughs> in this podcast. Yeah. Before. Yeah, if you like video games, go check us out. We're the Backlog Breakdown. It's a lot of fun. We talked about idolatry in this last episode. So fun that was topic. fun. Yeah, you know, like prophecy and sexual assault. <laughs> um, so, no, no, no. What I wanted to recommend was listening to Doctrine and Devotion. They, they um, interviewed this guy, Dr. Paul Maxwell, and he's starting up um, a very, like, intellectual um, sort of... Uh, he he's taking he, the way that he kind of um, groups himself is is along with like the intellectual dark web is what it's called. So so thinkers that are like outside of the mainstream that um, use their intellectual arguments to persuade people in a modern context. So people like he mentions Ben Shapiro, um, Jordan Peterson, Joe Rogan. Uh, who's the other one? I, I don't remember the other atheist guy. Uh, Sam Harris, that's his name. Hmm. So people like that uh, who have who have bigger followings in the intellectual dark web. He's doing this from a Christian point of view. What is the dark um, web? It, it's just that what I what I explained is the intellectual dark web. Like people who who thrive on the internet, who have followings on the internet, mm-hmm. um, and they're intellectuals, and so they're making intellectual arguments. But why is it called the dark web? I don't know. Oh. I had, honestly, I'd only heard that term from him. Oh, okay. Um, but he's starting his own website from a Christian point of view. It's called Selfwire. It's it's some pretty heady stuff, and and I'm liking it so far. I don't agree with everything that he says, like um, Francis Schaeffer heady kind of. Yeah, yeah, but like on a multitude of different topics. Oh. So it's really interesting. Selfwire, Doctor Paul Maxwell. Check it out. It's good stuff. Cool. All right, well, um, that about does it for another episode of So Talk To Me. This was a longer episode. Uh, Well, there's some stuff I need to cut out for sure. Yeah, there's some stuff to chop. (laughs) Get out of here. Ollie, go back to bed. Come on, kid. (laughs) Just kidding. He hasn't come downstairs again. He's done good. He's done good. He's almost three. Oh, man. (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to go cry into our pillows. Yes. But uh, until next time, go talk to someone. Have a good conversation. Do you know those things that are bubbling in in your brain that you don't don't really uh, share with anyone else? Go find someone. 
talk to him about it. If it's Seriously, your spouse, though. awesome. If it's it's a so good funny. Friend. Like watching TV shows when there's like drama going on. I'm just every time it, I'm just like that problem would have been totally solved in this drama avoided if you had just told that person how you just felt to them. or like what you were thinking. Just talk like to them. why why didn't you just, just say it. something? Go get coffee. <laughs> if you don't like coffee, go get a beer. If you don't like beer, <laughs> just go do something. But then I'm like, oh yeah, this is a TV show and they want the drama. They need the drama. Okay. That's Sorry. part of the show. <laughs> I shouldn't be thinking about you it. You wouldn't this like way. the show if there wasn't the drama. <laughs> Downton Abbey. Anyways. No, I'm not watching Downton Abbey. I know. But, I'm just saying lots of contrived but drama really, in that show. Talk to your spouse. Do it. Your friends. There's something on your mind. Someone. Talk to them about it. Be good friends with people. And be gracious about it. Yeah. If there's something bothering you, spill your guts, but be gracious about it. Yeah. And be respectful. And talk to us, too. Yeah. If you disagree with what we had to say, cool. If, if there's something that I'm not seeing about modern day prophecy, let me know. But be respectful about it. Be respectful, please. I am a very <laughs> sensitive <Human>. boy. <laughs> I don't know, maybe, sometimes, mm-hmm. I guess. I've got my own cocktail of neuroses. I don't know what they are. All, Anyways. All, all are. Yeah, okay, till next time. We're just rambling. Bye. Old. <laughs> You're gonna be three years old? Uh-huh.